The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Marlborough. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft beers. They have a 50-foot TV. You can't watch any LSU anymore because they got eliminated. But uh, football is just around the corner. You have the NBA Finals tonight. You might have a game six later on because Draymond Green suspended. Go to the Pelican House. They're awesome. You should support them because they support us. The Pelican House, 2672 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right. We are really excited to have an awesome guest. Current Saints player, Eric Harris, is joining us. Uh, as always, I have Andrew with me. Uh, Eric, thanks for giving us time tonight. Say that again? Thanks. Sorry, you could. All right, thanks for giving us some time tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, so, Eric, I guess my first question is, uh, do you feel any pressure? Because the last time the Saints brought in somebody from Canada, it was Delvin Bro, and after about a month, he's spectacular. So do you feel added pressure to be another awesome Canada import for us? Uh, no, no pressure. I mean, Delvin definitely set the standards high. Uh, he had a great – First year, and uh, I expect them to do great things again this season. But uh, no, I wouldn't say any pressure. I mean, it's just when it, at the end of the day, it's still football. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Eric, quick question for you. So I want you to, to clarify this for us because you know you come in. Obviously, you played linebacker in Canada and right. now in the CFL, and now you know Mickey Loomis is interviewed, and he see, says that we see Eric Harris as a safety. And obviously, you've been practicing at that position at OTAs. Can you kind of clarify for fans the difference between the two games and why, from a scheme standpoint, you may be a better fit over there as a linebacker? But uh, once you're imported to the NFL, for that game, you're better suited at safety. Right. So uh, up there, they call it a Sam linebacker. And down here, the Sam linebacker is more of a, you know, a bigger body type, more of a linebacker. But the game is kind of the game is different as far as the sense of uh, it's a lot more passing up there. So you get your Sam linebackers in the Canadian League are more uh, bigger, you know, more physical DBs that can play in the box, you know, and then play and cover as well. So. Um, it's just how the game evolves, you know. I mean, you're seeing more and more passing down south as well. So uh, that's why you see a lot of 11, 11 personnel and then you, people going to their nickel package and three safeties rotations and stuff like that. So, um, Eric, uh, 
where do you see yourself uh, fitting? In? What do you, as you go into training camp and you start the the, the practices, where do you see yourself as having to excel to make the roster? Oh, uh, special teams for sure. You know, special teams is uh, especially for new guys. I feel like it's definitely the number one thing. Uh, I want some people may overlook special teams, you know, but uh, I think they're very important, um, especially to prolong your career, you know. So um, special teams would definitely be for me to stick around and do what I got to do and uh, to contribute for the team, contribute for the team. I know. So speaking of special teams, I know you're you're in a safety mix and every guy wants to come in as a football player and you've been successful. You have pride in your game and everyone wants to start, of course. But then I know every player also looks at the depth chart and you know, it's crowded with Jairus bird, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Von Bell that was drafted in the second round. And of course the saints just brought back Roman Harper Harper, who's had a lot of success in the league. So when you look at Austria, the safeties and and you do you view more meeting with receivers, backup corner, maybe more so than the safeties just because you really are looking for that niche role to make the team and then maybe eventually get more minutes on the defensive side? Um, that's a good question, and that's curious that you put it that way. I've never really thought about that. I mean, no, uh, my first rookie camp up in Canada kind of was going through, oh, I'm taking first team reps or I'm taking third string now this day, you know. And my first preseason game in Canada, I was fourth fourth string on the depth chart, only playing the fourth quarter, you know. People got hurt. Things happened. Uh, so, I mean, I just learned. And uh, in, this, in this business, you can't look at that type of stuff, you know, because if you're worried about that stuff, you're, you're already a step behind the other guys in front of you. So, uh, whether I'm with the first team, second, third, fourth, whatever, whatever, how many reps I get, I just try to make the most of it and embrace this because not everybody gets this opportunity, you know. And it's taken me, uh, well, four years out of college to get here. So, you know, I'm just enjoying the process and just trying to get better every day. You know, you know I, I had made a – go ahead. You know, you know, Eric, you know, the interesting thing about Delvin when, when he came to the Saints, you know, he looked good early. From the from the jump, but he but he even and he admitted, you know, the game in Canada is different, and he and, and one of the things he said is, I just can't be as physical, and it took him about Andrew, wouldn't you say, like about three to five weeks, where he was yeah. getting he was getting a, right. a lot of uh, not pass interference right. penalties so much, but but uh, illegal contact penalties. What's what's right. the biggest difference as a defensive back in Canada and NFL? Well, when he was up there, uh, it was kind of like college rules, though. You can touch the receiver as long as the ball is not in the air, uh, you know, for as far down the field as possible, as, as you want, really. And uh, But my third year up there, so he was already down here, uh, they actually changed the rules, so they went with the NFL five-yard rule. So you started seeing a lot more illegal contact up there as well. But, you know, when he was up there, he was <laughs> – 15, 20 yards downfield, still jamming receivers out of bounds. So that's that's probably and that, you know that's one of his strengths of his game is being physical at the uh, the point of attack. And you know sometimes when you have your hands on a guy, you don't really realize where the five yard marker is. Uh, so I think he just kind of adapted to it and uh, just kind of came into his own. You know, Eric, you you ha- you've uh, 
played some interesting places, and and uh, you've you've you know in Canada, you even scored a touchdown. You you moonlighted on offense, you know. Um, and you 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 were you're a guy that sort of had to fight and claw, and you were never like a you know the, one of the five star guys. What is it? What's the difference, I guess, for you? That's sort of always been your sort of. You know, I know you said special teams is going to be your your ticket to the mm-hmm. Saints, but but as a player, what do you say? This is what Eric Harris. This is what I do well, and this is this is my this is my strength as a football player. Not necessarily as I'm going to make I'm going to kick ass on Saints special teams, and that's how I'm going to get right. my ticket. But what do you say, Eric Harris? This is what I I'm this is what I I'm strong at. Um, if I describe myself, I would say I'm a versatile player. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big DB. That uh, has like cornerback like feet. Uh, I can cover well. I can run well. You know, I can play in space. Canadian League definitely forces you forces you to play in a lot of space. Uh, but no, I'm. I mean, I'm coachable. Uh, I take criticism well. So I'm always willing to learn and grow as a person, as a player. So uh, whether it's from a coach, from a vet, from a one year guy, a rookie, it doesn't matter. I mean. The, that's why I love football so much because you can always learn. It doesn't matter how many years of experience you have. You're, you'll always learn something new. Yeah. Well, Erica, one question I have for you is, you know, obviously you weren't around last year, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Saints defensively obviously struggled a lot. And I, so much, uh, so much of, of getting better is, is coaching and, and mentality and character. And you know, obviously schemes important and talents important. But so I think a lot of times it's more about gelling as a unit and kind of buying into concepts and then and then just gaining confidence. So right. I, I know I know it's early, um, mm-hmm. but how what's the mindset right now defensively at OTAs? Do do you feel like there's there's good camaraderie and, and, and a good vibe going on right now defensively? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean the players get along. We got respect for the coaches that that we have. Uh, you know, I love the culture they preach around the Saints. And once in a while, you may, I mean, you know, you're not always going to have a perfect team, but you try to find a core group of guys that, you know, really buy into the system and what you teach. And that's, and and that's, that's what's really important. You know, if you got, if you have guys out there and the coach calls a play and they're questioning why he's calling this and then, you know, so you just kind of, you just got to trust in the system and trust in each other. And that's a huge thing for us that we preach right now is just trusting in one another and respecting one another. So how does that um, go, go, go ahead. ahead. And I was going to say, how does Dennis Allen of the their different defensive coordinators you have? I know it's a different game in Canada, but his personality mm-hmm. wise, how would you describe Dennis Allen uh, as a as a defensive coordinator, um, I would say uh, I mean he's a laid back guy. He's um, he likes to have fun, you know. But when it's time to work, it's time to work, and he, he holds us at a very high standard, and that's how it should be. I mean, he expects the most of us that we'll give every effort, and uh, not just effort, just uh, you know, but like I said, buying into the scheme and just really uh, soaking up all the information he's throwing at us, and uh, just being pros about it. Uh, so Eric, I, I was looking at your uh, your bio and your your Wikipedia page, and something struck me that was kind of <laughs> kind of kind of interesting. Is you went to California University of Pennsylvania, and your te- yep. and your team nickname was the Vulcans, and Spock from Star Trek is not on your helmet. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's all about, honestly. I mean, every time I say I'm from Cal PA, everybody <laughs> thinks I'm from the West Coast. They say Cal Poly, so. Uh, it's hard to describe where uh, I actually played college at. 
Um, but it, it, I mean, we were, it was a great program. Uh, we were a powerhouse of the Division Two school, you know, uh, won a lot of games there. We had a lot of great players that played in the NFL, uh, currently playing in the NFL. You got players in the CFL right now, so. It might be the most badass logo I've ever seen, though. The dude, yeah, with, the dude I, with the hammer and the beard and the V, looking like he's about to crack a skull. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a fan of it for sure. I, I got plenty of Vulcan fans. <laughs> well, Eric, I know. Uh, so obviously, change of culture going down from coming from Canada to New Orleans. Um, how much time have you had to spend in the city? Any favorite restaurants yet, or have you had a chance to explore a little bit? Um. A little bit, you know, but uh, a lot of people keep asking me how it is down here, and uh, all I keep seeing is airline drive <laughs> from the facility <laughs> to like the hotel. It. But uh, no, I've got I've gotten out a few times, uh, probably a handful of times, and uh, it's it's an amazing city. It's 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 hard to describe, you know. It's just like the culture of it's beautiful. The people are nice. Um, the humidity is miserable. Uh, <laughs> no, but no, the food is amazing. Uh, I'm kind of a picky eater, but uh, my, my wife has uh, – she, she'll be proud of me because I try a lot of new things because of her. So I never thought I would eat oysters before, but I love charboiled oysters now. There we go. <laughs> so, no, it's, 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 it's been great. You know, uh, Eric, I know it, it's just minicamp, but, but was there a moment where as you do OTAs and, and, you, and you put on this, the Saints uniform and you're like, man – I've come so far and I it's my dream is just so close. Did you take a moment and just appreciate how far you've come or was it or you just total head down until September sort of attitude? Oh no, it's every day I feel like that. You know, every day I put that helmet on it's a privilege and I and I and I know where I came from. I know how hard I've worked to get to where I'm at and I know the the work doesn't stop here, you know. Uh, a lot of people were back home were excited for me and uh, the the support is overwhelming at times, but you know, I, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't played a snap or down in a Saints uniform, you know, so there's still a lot of work to be done. And so, you know, I just, like I said, embrace every day and just work as hard as I can every day. I kind of told myself when I signed that uh, if I came down here and I didn't, I didn't make it for some reason, it was because it was God's willing that I didn't. It wasn't going to be because somebody outworked me or did more than I did. Well, as a new father, as a as you're a father of twins, so to have oh boy, to, to have twi- and a little girl on the way, yeah. So to <laughs> oh have boy. twin boys that are going to be three, and to make the Saints, I think like you deserve a congressional medal of honor or something. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. My my wife, she she deserves a real medal. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's she's a. I got the easy job. She has the hard jobs. You know, she always tells me I'm getting bigger and they're getting bigger and faster. I'm just getting bigger and slower. <laughs> so, no. So, but it's it's a blessing to have kids. But uh Eric, thank you so much for joining us and I want to I want to ask you to do something for us. When you are NFC special teams player of the week versus the Raiders and you get a fumble or you block a punt or something, <laughs> will you come back on the podcast to just celebrate and and gloat? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll be back. I'll be back whenever you guys want me to. <laughs> I appreciate right. you guys taking the time and having me on Wait, here. Thank it's you. good that uh, the fans get to know a little bit about me, and uh, hopefully I get some feedback, you know, and just some interaction with the fans. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, Eric. Fan, Saints fans are knowledgeable, and Andrew would tell you, man, if, if we 
Saints fans are special teams demons. They have a history of just loving them. J.J. McCleskey and and Fred McAfee. Bernie I mean, Thompson. Bernie Thompson. I mean, Saints, oh, yeah. Saints fans, if you go down and you dominate on special teams, they will just mm-hmm. they will love you. And and I don't know how other towns are, but you'll we start. Got, we, we have to name Steve Gleason. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Gleason, I mean, you know, we, we take our special teams down here pretty seriously. I would say more seriously than other teams. So we're rooting hard, we're rooting hard for you, guy. And I know you're going to you're going to do well and you're going to you're going to stick. I appreciate it, fellas. All right. Really do. Thanks, guy. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Have a good evening. You too. Yeah, you too. Who that? <laughs> All right. Thanks to Eric Harris for joining us. Now we're joined by the other knuckleheads, Dave. And, and Kevin's going to join us in like 10 minutes. He's walking home or robbing a bank i don't know um, jerking off <laughs> could be that <laughs> <laughs> gotta put the parental notification on this podcast you never knows where it's gonna go um the saints managed to have horrible news last week and it it i would have rather be a player get arrested to be honest or like a joe morgan like dui in the parking lot up somewhere uh but no uh kikaha tore up his knee and is probably out for the year at least. It's not official yet, Andrew, but Nick Underhill reported it, and he's probably the hardest-working Saints reporter there is. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done a roster move yet, like put him on IR or, or sign someone else, and I'm guessing he's getting a second opinion. But, uh, I mean, there's not much to say. Uh, this one hurts, you know. I mean, obviously next man up, and it's, you know, hopefully the season will develop without him and, and be okay, but... Um, you know, that that's it, it's disappointing because that was a guy that, you know, when you envision the defense improving, that's really one of the guys that you were counting on to improve and develop into a quality player that would help this defense improve. And now they're going to have to do it without him. Yeah, I was fighting with people on Twitter. They're like, it's how are you going to it's so hard to replace four sacks, man. I'm like, Jesus, man. Now, Dave, they're 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 left with. Una bottom guachum or whatever. Wow. I really hope that you purposely mutilated that name. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I mean you just you just added a whole bunch of extra syllables in there. Uh it's, it's guachum, right? Is this is this yeah, yes. but 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 it, you got the last name right, it was the first name that you mutilated. Uh so they got guachum, they got Oh, oh boom. They got guachum, they got Edibali. And that's pretty much it, right? Hey, the rest, all the rest is just a dream, right? Bobby Richardson. Oh Jesus! So Dave, like, where do you? I, I think this is a bad because they just this roster can't afford any injuries. It's so thin as it is. Where do, Dave? Where do you come down on this? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm concerned about Kikaha's entire career um, because he already. Tore his ACL twice yeah. in college. I think I think one of one of one in each knee. Yeah. So um, a third ACL tear. I mean that's that, that's really tough to recover from. Um, yeah, you know um, Wallace on Canal Street Chronicles. He he, he mentioned that uh, that Abraham John Abraham is is still available. John Abraham you know is mean? like eighty years old. Well, look, I, I, look, I got news for you. Um, teams are starting minicamp, and they're about to break until uh, the start of training camp. Nobody that's available is going to be uh, amazing or awesome. So, 
you know, you're either going to have to find uh, some old ancient veteran or some unproven random guy. You, you know, you're not going to be signing anybody who's going to be like a true different ma- difference maker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's the depth is uh, certainly an issue now Andrew, at this point. Andrew, we have a we have a problem with the Saints and second round draft picks now. Are you there, Andrew? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So we have a problem with Saints second round picks. I know could Goodell took away two, but man, they have uh, the Pirate, eh, Kikaha, eh, um, th- they traded away 2011. They uh, didn't have one in 2012 and 2013. In 2010, it was tr- traded away because they had traded Charles away. Charles Brown. Charles Brown, right? That, that was 2010. Uh, is it? Is it? Um, who was the last good second round pick? Tracy was Tracy Porter. Yeah, Tracy Porter. Yeah, Tracy Porter. I mean, Roman Harper is back on the team. God. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Andrew, that is that is bad drafting for for a second round pick. Yeah, I blame Roger Goodell. I mean, <laughs> there's two players they could have on this team. Uh, possibly starters that we could that, hate, uh, or they could be know. bums and we could hate them. But either way, yeah. either way, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I hate them. They could have been in this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think it's one of these, one of those things where you don't know where injuries are going to strike. Uh, um, but once again, you know, we talk about the Saints and, and, and injuries are bad luck, and and they're going to happen to some players. You can't control that. Um, but it, you know, probably one of the big reasons, I mean, he, the, the guy had 17 sacks, I believe his senior year. And if there was one reason that he fell to the second round, it was his injury history, ACL tears in both knees. And, and uh, you know, once again, like the saints take a gamble on, on a guy and it comes back to bite him because now, um, he's on his third ACL injury and, uh, does he ever rebound from something like that? I don't know. I mean, I, I still have hope that he can rebound and have a good career. I mean, Patrick Robinson bounced back from an ACL tear, uh, came back and had a decent season with the Saints and is you know still playing in the league. So uh, hopefully he's young enough that uh, he could still have some success. Well, I mean, my concern with Kikaha is, you know, to me, of all the guys – even at a Bali, he showed the most promise. I mean, his first month with the Saints was really good last year. And at least it was mm-hmm. something to hold on to. And it just wasn't the sacks. He's just a guy, he had that knack of like, there's a fumble and oh, look, Kikaha is making the fumble and he's getting the ball. How is that? A, is that is that luck? Is that skill? I don't know, but he was doing it a lot. And to yeah, me, he definitely has a nose for the football that you can't teach. And to me, of all those guys... Dave, he had the most potential of all of them. Am I crazy? Am I crazy to think that? No, no. He, he, he uh, you know, like he, like you said, he's just sort of had, um, you know, that that it factor, I guess you might say, or um, you know, Andrew said a nose for the ball. Um, he, he was he was usually in and around, you know, the ball and making plays, and. Um, and, and and this year in particular, I, I think we were even more excited because of Dennis Allen and the, the switch he's planning to make. You know, we learned uh, a few days ago 
uh, I think Joel Erickson um, wrote an article about all the changes that Allen is making, um, and, and Brian Young, who, who's the pass rushing. They're just they're taking thinking and reacting out of it, and they're just they're just having they're, they're just going to have the defensive linemen this year pin their ears back and, and go for it, and and that was that was a great situation for Kikaha, and I think we were all excited to see how he would do uh, in that situation, but and I don't think we're going to see that now. Andrew, here's my theory. Here's my theory on how the Saints fill this hole of Kikaha, and 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 even before it was, you know, defensive end was going to be a weak spot. I don't think it's realistic to say Adabali is going to get ten sacks, or they're all three of these guys that, you know, haven't done anything are going to combine for, you know, they're going to combine for a dozen or fifteen sacks. I think the key for this defense is the secondary is deep. It's got to stay healthy. It's got to stay healthy, and it's got to be awesome. For this defense yeah, to make a leap, I mean, you look, look, Adabali had five sacks last year. I mean, I think people forget that he's he's not awful, and I, I think if he gets extended looks and extended snaps, um, I think the Saints can still piecemeal something together. You know, I was not convinced that Kikaha was an every down player anyway. Uh, you know, my main concern was can he hold the edge? Um, can he, at, with his lack of size, play? You know, a, a true defensive end man up on a left tackle and be able to play the run and so for me I, I really felt like he was more of a situational pass rusher anyway but I thought he was um, and be so really I, I really go ahead I just I, I thought he was going to be good yeah I thought but I, I think sacks. now I think that the vision right now is you know you piecemeal it together on first and second down on obvious running downs uh, Bobby Richardson and Onyemata probably are, are your prime candidates for playing defensive end um, Mumas was right, Andrew. And Onyemata is going to play. He was right. Well, it's looking a lot better now, yeah. And then I, I, I think on, on passing downs now, it's going to be a mix of Guachim, Adabali, and Tull. And, and right now, I would say that Adabali, of those three, is probably the most advanced in terms of making an impact on, on third down. So, Guachim is so uh, fun to say. I hope he has 15 sacks. I mean, look, the thing is, these guys, they've flashed potential. Uh, none of them have proven that they can be every down players. They're more situational guys, but they've got to improve. Like the, this defense doesn't improve unless one of those three guys uh, really makes a big leap forward. Ideally, two of them. Um, but uh, what's realistic? You know, I, what's I, a realistic I, throw, I throw Richardson and Onyemata in there as well. What's I mean, a I realistic? Think of those five guys. What's a re- They need what, two to at least be okay. What's a realistic leap for Guachum or? Adabali or Richardson? What's realistic? Well, I think I, I think Adabali and Guachim both, and, and Tull, really, they, they have oh, I forgot the... About and, it, I forgot about Tull. They all have the initial burst in explosiveness. Um, but, it, you know, that, that's not enough to get sacks consistently because, you know, the tackles, they move too well. They're too powerful these days. Um, and so... I think you really start to turn a corner with sacks and, and start to get into double digits. I mean, we saw with Cam Jordan, w- when you get an array of moves, you know, when you're able to, to use power, finesse, spin moves, and, and just when you have a lot in your arsenal, um, you can surprise these guys a little bit more. And so, you know, the the one-stop shop of just pressure with speed, um, unless you're Von Miller where you're just so fast that, that you're going to beat guys consistently, um, it, it's just hard to get sacks at, at the level that the top guys are. So, 
uh, I, I really think for them, it's really the, the initial talent is there for all three of those guys. They have potential to be double-digit sack guys in their career. It's just about playing more, not being a disaster against the run, because not being a disaster against the run gets you on the field more, which gets you more opportunities. Um, but you know, realistically, I, I think if one of those guys can get seven, eight sacks, I don't think that's outside of the question. I mean, again, Adebali's going to get more chances this year, and he had five last year. Um, so you just got to hope that he he's a guy that's kind of, you know, Cam Jordan, if he can maintain his 10-sack ratio, hopefully the Saints get more interior pressure from Rankins and Fairley. And he's just got to clean up from the other side and hopefully improve. Dave, who would be more fun to have eight sacks for the Saints? Guachem or Jethro Tull? Jethro Tull. Um, I, I, I really, at this point, should, should we even really, does, does it matter? I mean, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. I mean, for the, I'm, the, I'm the real, kind the of partial. Selfishly, I'm kind of partial to Tull. Because I just want a draft pick to work out, a defensive <laughs> draft pick. Like Guachim wasn't drafted, so it's just it's I don't know. Uh, I mean the, the most fun, you know. The most fun would be watching them both have uh, you know eight sack seasons. But who who gives a shit as as long as as long as we're getting I results? I care about on the, the jokes, field. man. The jokes, the oh, jokes please. matter, man. Um. You know, you know what? I'll say Davis Tull just because I can't wait till mid- midway through the season when you pronounce even his name incorrectly. <laughs> it will happen. It will happen. I we will... can start making locomotive breath jokes if he gets a lot of sacks. My God, the the the, uh, the Eagles gave Fletcher Cox fifty five million fully guaranteed, which is insane. I thought it was like sixty three. I mean, come on, that dude. I mean, I know he dominated against the Saints, the but the most, I, the most guaranteed money in NFL history. My God, they've lost their. I mean, if the Saints gave that to Breeze, I would say they lost their mind. Good Lord, good Lord. I mean, wait, gave that, wait. they overpaid guy like Malcolm Jenkins. So you know. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I guess I guess they have the money. They feel like they have to spend it. I don't know. Um... All right, as we wait for Kevin, um, and lots of people are excited about the Eric Harris interview, and it did record, so you heard it already, so you know it was good. Um, let's see, let's see if we have uh, some internet questions. Uh, this is a good one. This is from Scott Prather, an old friend of mine. He does a sports show in Lafayette. Andrew, which current player would most likely own a few Barry Manilow albums? <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Most likely or least likely? Most likely. Oh man, I can't say Garrett Hartley, right? Garrett. <laughs> uh, Morstead might. He seems kind of like a chill kind of guy. Yeah. Um. Kikaha. I mean, I'd say Kikaha. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's uh, gonna have lots of time to listen to Barry Manilow. This is from this is from Dylan Dave. Who is the one? Pl- oh, Mandy. <laughs> this is the, who is the one player that needs to step up to get the Saints in the playoffs in 2016. The one player. Yeah. I I can only pick one. You can. Only- um, I feel like we've had this question before, and I feel yeah. like I always say Jarris Bird. If they can get a, a, a Pro Bowl year out of Jarris Bird and get their money's worth for at least one season. Uh, that'd be pretty damn helpful. Yeah. 
I would say Breeze. Like if he improves <laughs> for what he's already doing, plug yeah, in. I mean, Give me two thousand. I mean, at some point, regardless of how bad the defense is, if he's putting up all world numbers, give me can't two. Lose, right? Give me two thousand eleven. The last time Drew Breeze had a contract year. Give me two thousand eleven Drew Breeze, and I don't give a shit what the defense does. They're going ten and six. Like he will, and, yeah, he will I'll, take, I'll take Spags back at defensive coordinator. He will, dra- well, he, this, this, he will this, drag. This a, is going to be a contract year, Drew Brees. Yeah, it is. That's what I said. And Drew Brees, 2011, Drew Brees will dra- drag a rotting corpse of a defense to the playoffs. They might be a six seed, but he'll drag them there. Uh, Andrew Dylan asked also, would CJ Phillips, CJ Spiller at full potential be better? CJ Spiller. Phillips, nice. <laughs> So would CJ Spiller at full potential be better? <laughs> Man, he really struggled with that one. Go ahead. Would he be better than 2011 to 2013, Darren Sproles? Can he or will he? Uh, would he? I don't think so. No. 2011. Um, See. Two thousand eleven. Uh, man was unbelievable. I, 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 I'm, I don't think you can take anything more than a wait and see approach, which was Spiller. I mean, I, I just he was once an unbelievably dynamic player for the Bills. I mean, that one season he had really was incredible. Um, but I, I think he's a shell of his former self until he proves otherwise. And I've seen nothing to lead me to believe that he can be half as productive as Sproles was. Uh, Dave, Didn't Sproles that season have like the record most, for yards? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sproles was unbelievable. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know that the Saints will ever have a dynamic receiving back like that again. Yeah, uh, Dave, will the Saints have the worst pass rush in the NFL this year? Oh, it's possible. Oh, it's it's totally possible. And yeah. oh, this is it. over under. Saints have twenty five sacks in twenty sixteen. They had thirty one last year, I think. Uh-oh. So, Andrew, over under 25 sacks for the Saints in 2016? Definitely over. If they had 31 last year. They, as, lo- as long as Cam Jordan and Rankins and, you know, as long as those yeah. two stay healthy, I say over. There's yeah. no way it can be worse than last year. I mean, 31 is a low, low number. Oh, oh there's a way, Dave. There's a way. <laughs> there's a way. I mean, if, take if you. Away the du- take away the double digit. Guy. And it, it gets real quick. I mean, take yeah, take, hell, take away Cam Jordan's Atlanta and Colts game, and you've got like twenty four, twenty five. Uh, how much of a disaster is it if the Saints will have neither their twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen second rounders playing in twenty sixteen? Well, uh, to who, me, who was, oh. who was their second rounder last year? Uh, Kikaha. Oh, Kikaha. So he won't. If they oh. don't have the two second round, well, it's official. It's official, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they don't have the two, if they don't have the two second rounders playing this year, because they have two of them, remember, they are fucked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> if Mike Thomas and Bell aren't playing at all, they're fucked. I mean, yeah. I'll go on yeah. record as saying that, and you can, you can, you can tweet at me, and you can make fun of me when they're eleven and five without both of those guys, but. That is just, I mean, I don't Ralph, know. Ralph will tattoo that on his ass. Yes. If, this, if both of the second-round picks do not play in 2016 and the Saints have a winning record, I will tattoo their record on my ass. <laughs> that is a God, promise. please happen. That is a, that is a promise. Held Somebody is, set a reminder. <laughs> oh, Hell just joined us. Um, oh. Hey, Kevin. Uh, hey. Hey. 
How you doing? Let's see. Uh, uh, Kevin, this is a question. Is it me or the Saints due for a uniform helmet redesign? Uh, no, I, I would be in favor of a helmet redesign. I'd be in it favor ain't broke. Don't all, fix it. I'd be in favor of all black for one game. Like a black yep, helmet. Like, like a black helmet yeah. with like a gold outline. Not not permanently, but like for like the one Under Armour special Sunday night game or something. Like, that's so gothy of you. I know. <laughs> Goth. Um, let's actually, I Maryland Mansion can coach. I, I gotta be honest. I think you could do. I think you could do the black the the black helmet with a gold floor to lee. I think you could even do an all white helmet with the uh, with the floor to lee on the side, and maybe like a black stripe going going down the middle sort of like over the top of it maybe i could see them with uh all black and uh coming out of the the flaming gates you know in the intro and and hearing the music in the background the beautiful people the beautiful people <laughs> <laughs> and then getting and then getting curb stomped 45 to 10 yeah. <laughs> by kirk cousins yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, uh, getting lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to. Uh, do you have any other? Let's see, any other questions before we? Uh, Kevin Walter Football gave Kikaha's injury a seven out of ten disaster rating for the Saints. Does that sound about right? They do that. They, I guess they do. I don't know. They, they give out disaster ratings for injuries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not, that's not, I mean, maybe a six. If they really want to generate clicks, you don't give a disaster rating seven out of ten. You compare it to a natural disaster in U.S. history. That's how you get. <laughs> that's how you get clicks, and that's how you melt down Twitter. Come on, Walter Football. Okay, you're right. You're right. Kikaha is the Great Chicago Fire of <laughs> injuries. <laughs> <sighs> So, all right, let's get let's uh, let's get to this bracket. We are down to the final four. Uh, Kevin, oh, baby. Kevin, I start with uh, the, I, I start with you, Kevin. Number two seed Al Woods. Number three seed Taylor Melhoff. Wow, two and three. Yeah. Oh. I just want to point out once again that my seating was legendarily awesome. Yes. It's the final countdown. So who do you have, Kevin? <laughs> the the kicker. Who I think could... I'm going to go out. I think I'm going to go Al Woods because he. This uh, I remember. I think last week one of you guys said that they traded up to get him. Yep. They did. They did. And Your favorite thing. He never played goddamn down for the Saints. But he's on. I mean, his... I'm pretty sure. But he's on I'm his pretty second. sure most of the people in the final four the Saints traded up for. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and and he's on his second contract with the NFL team. He got a four-year, eleven million dollar deal from Tennessee, I believe. So he not only they traded him. So is that so is that really a bad pick, or is it just idiot move by the Saints getting rid of him? Yeah, it's tough. Tough. I mean, mm. I vote Al Woods just because I feel like that makes it. To me, Andrew, that makes it almost worse. Is they got rid of a decent defensive draft pick, like you were begging for earlier. You want him to have a good pick. They Al Woods could be a functional defensive tackle, but not with the Saints. So I vote Al Woods. Yeah. Who you got, Andrew? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Ninkovich. Like, Ninkovich never did anything for the Saints, but they recognized talent. They brought him into the league. But at least and... Ninkovich got hurt with the Saints. So the Saints could argue, yeah. he's, he's always hurt. We got to get rid of him. We can't, we can't have a roster spot taken up by this guy who's always hurt. He didn't start a game. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Mel Half, and the reason I picked Mel Half is oh, with man. Woods. They recognized talent, and he was good. And it was just one of those things where it didn't work out, and so they they got rid of him, and then he actually developed with Mel Half. He, he didn't go anywhere else and get. I mean, he was done. Like Mel he Huff. missed like two kicks with the Saints. And then he, he maybe like got an invite to like one training camp and was awful and never got a contract. Melhoff so, should have been a clue to us that the Saints have no clue about kicker. And that yeah, they were going mean, to they... all these kickers that are undrafted are having Santos. I mean, shoot, half the guys the Saints have used kick field goals. And that's the one that's kicked for them in the last decade. Dave, so what I, I, was Melhoff picked in? Sixth. I mean, does it matter? He was drafted. <laughs> he was Dave, Al you... Woods was what fourth? Yeah, Dave. Who you got? Uh, yes. Did they did they trade did they trade up to get Melhaf? No. I don't think so. Okay. No. Uh, well, I think we're gonna have a tie because I'm gonna go for Melhaf too. No, put and, it on uh, Twitter, somebody. Uh, Andrew, uh, you know Andrew. Right, I'm on Twitter. Hang on a second. Oh boy. Oh, you did can't you post pick, questions. Did you on pick Tinder. Al Woods, Kevin? Yeah, I picked out Woods. Yeah, he picked okay. out Woods. Uh, well, I, you know, Andrew mentioned something two minutes ago that uh, I had never thought about when he said that, you know, is that Al Woods, was that whole situation, is that poor drafting or is that poor evaluation or poor coaching? And I think it's definitely the latter. Um, as, uh, as a draft pick, obviously he was good if he's gone on to be a starter elsewhere in the league, so... The pick was good. What, what they did afterwards with that pick, obviously, was was terrible. So I'm going to go Melhaf. And plus, I mean, did they even really have to draft him? You don't think Melhaf would have been available after the draft? He probably would have been. And when you, I mean, when you pick a kicker to not to to to, to be that bad to miss that badly on a kicker when you pick them yeah. is bad. So no. that's fair. But I still went out once uh, because he's he's poisoned the well for LSU players. Hmm. Uh, uh, Andrew, yeah, that, that part does piss me off. Andrew, number one seed, Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Number four seed, Charles Brown. This is so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Um, Man. Like, on one hand, they're both second-round picks, and they didn't trade up for either of them. So, you know, on that level, it's similar. I feel like the Saints actually tried with Charles Brown. They yeah. they gave him an honest chance, and he just sucked. Um, but at least he was a starter, I guess. And I just keep going back to with Stanley Jean-Baptiste with the Saints were in a position last uh, two years ago where they were desperate for corners. I mean, they were starting Frederick, uh, what was his name, Travis or Terrence Frederick. They, I mean, they picked him up, and two weeks later he was starting. I mean, Brian Dixon was an undrafted rookie. Um, he was starting. Um, Champ Bailey couldn't even make the team because he was so banged up. I mean, they, they were just desperate for anything. And, and Jean-Baptiste was on the roster the whole year, 
and he could never get in there. And that's just an indication of how bad he was. I mean, was Charles Brown good? No, he was awful. But at least, like, he, he started. He started games for other teams, too. I think he started a game or two for the Giants. So They could have picked Navarro Bowman. The they could have picked Navarro Bowman. He went 91 in the same draft to the 49ers. They could have picked him I think it just it hurts, it hurts worse because, you know, I mean, at least I think the Teron Armstead pick kind of mitigates Charles Brown a little bit, too, because they had a guy that stepped in for him. It's not like tackle has become this abyss, you know, <laughs> whereas at corner, like they, they've never recovered from, I mean, that, that number two corner spot is, is never been solved. Um, we have our answer on, uh, on oh the boy. first one, uh, from, uh, Will Irwin, uh, uh, and actually he beat out just the next guy. So, by one minute. So Will Irwin says, quote, didn't we trade up for Woods? If so, you have your answer. (laughs) And he beats out by a minute uh, Cliff Harris who says, since I don't even remember Mel half, (laughs) I would vote for him. (laughs) So by by one minute, Mm. Al Woods over Mel half. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Stanley. I feel like we need a third tweet to break the tie. I'm going to see, I'm going to (laughs) say I I vote Stanley Jean-Baptiste, and here's why. And it's a person that I like on Twitter, but I fight with him constantly. But he makes a point over and over again about this, and I totally agree with him. Jarvis Landry was there for the Saints to freaking pick at 58. And they would have solved their wide receiver problems. Can you imagine having Jarvis Landry and Brandon Cooks at wide receiver? But no, they took the Pirate, and the Pirate's terrible. And I will never, ever forgive them for not taking Landry instead of the Pirate. So I take I vote Baptiste. All right, who has so that's it? two two zero right two zero. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who I'm has going Baptiste? No, I am also going Baptiste. I'm going the Pirate. Look at that wow. clean sweep. Clean sweep. All right, so. In so in the final next week we will have uh, Stanley Jean Baptiste versus uh, Al Woods, correct? You know, you know, a, a quick uh, mention here that's interesting. Um, in the first round, Jean Baptiste uh, was went against Martez Wilson, and one of us—it was probably me, who knows—but one of us <laughs> voted. One of us voted for Martez Wilson, so he won that one three-one. Since then, I mean, there have been utter beatdowns. <laughs> Mario Presley, 4-0. Tavon Rooks, 3-0. Sean Canfield, 4-0. Charles Brown, 4 So, I mean, this is – Jean-Baptiste is like Chicago Bulls fire. in the 90s dominant here. Just Dude, he's blitzing. The, he's, the the UNL, he's the UNLV running Rebels the year before they yeah. lost to Duke. Fo, 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 He is. He's Moses Malone. He's crushing people. But I mean, the thing is, the thing is with with Stanley Jean Baptiste is we look at him and we, you 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 think to yourself, you know, if he would have just been an average run of the mill Nickelback, the Saints probably would have made the playoffs in twenty fourteen. Yeah. You know, and and I think is that is that a fair? Maybe maybe not. Is it fair? We don't know. But that's what a lot of us think, and I think that, and so we hate him even more. Charles Brown. We'd probably hate him more. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Al Wood. I don't think Al Wood says a prayer against Stanley Jean Baptiste. I don't. Yeah. 
I'll make. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want each of you to think really hard and try to make the case for each one of them before you vote next week. So I like, come with a little pitch on each one since we only have one round. But uh, that wraps up today's show. Uh, donate. You get the audio. You get the great audio like we had for. Uh, Eric Harris, he was phenomenal. You get uh, me mispronouncing names, and you get uh, Kevin Hoppin. Well, what was it, C.J. Phillips? C.J. C.J. Filler. C.J. Filler. <laughs> I am. C.J. Filler up. I am a professional. Uh, so uh, you can go to Saints Nation. Uh, Andrew's got all kinds of cool stuff. He's doing the Mount Rushmore of like every decade. Uh, you can go to Canal Street Chronicles. You can find Kevin on the Twitters with his new handle, Sean Orleans. Uh, talking about he's uh, really embracing his wrestling personality. He is. He's tweeting about Japanese wrestling that only like four people understand. Uh, but uh, go there. So uh, do all that. And until next week, the bar is closed. Sounded like Max Headroom again. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? 
Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.